It's been three months since I started the Amplify Her Networking Group, and in that time, I have learned so, so much. The biggest thing I've learned is that women are there for each other and will support each other when they've never met one another. And that has been one of the most beautiful things that I've been able to witness when chatting with women in my networking group. In the Amplify Her Networking group, we talk about our careers, we talk about making money, we get really transparent about how much we're making, how much we're charging, what exactly we're looking for when it comes to a career switch, negotiation, or pricing our services or clients that we we wanna see in our wheelhouse. If you'd like to join the next Amplify Her Networking meeting, I would love, love, love to have you. Your first meeting is free and you can head to amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking to register today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I am so thrilled to be back with another interview, and this week I am very excited to be chatting with Mishra Keller. And Mishra is a phenomenal holistic health coach, and I found a connection with her online. We talk about it during this episode, but she actually found me through Laura Danger, who is that darn chat who I've interviewed on this show. And it's just so amazing to me how, how people can find each other and connect online and just connect more deeply. It's, it's something I really, really love about doing this show and showcasing women's stories. It makes me so, so happy. Mistra has a beautiful business that she's built, but in this episode, and we, we talk about that for sure, but what I really, really want to highlight in this episode is her journey with her own body and her journey with her own health and a lot of the outside pressure that comes with just existing in one's body when you are a human, but a human woman. I think that Everything that Mishra talks about in this episode is just something I could relate to, even though our backgrounds are so completely different. Um, it was just so wonderful to chat with her about her her journey. She is a learner, an observer. And uh, if you want to go work with Mishra, please do. She has a company called Nutrizolts and she's really, really looking for burned out moms who are over 40, who want to take care of themselves and really take care of themselves as well as they're taking care of their families. Um, I think that it's so wonderful to talk to people who have this specific community in mind and talk about how exactly they got there. So I'm excited for you to hear this uh, interview with Mishra and I cannot wait um, to hear what you think. All right, let's dive in and don't forget that the next Amplify Her Networking Group is on May 22nd at 1 p.m. Bye. 
Beautiful humans, before we dive into this episode, I do want to offer a trigger warning. This um, conversation talks through diet culture, dieting, the pressures of being a certain weight. So if that is something that could be harmful for you, please do yourself a favor and step away if you need to. All right. Mishra, I am so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You and I connected on social media. And how did you find my page? I believe that someone that I follow, did you do a a podcast with Laura Danger? I did. Okay, that was it. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So I saw it posted on her page. And then I was like, oh, who's this person here? I was like, oh, she looks awesome. I follow her. So then I started following you. And then, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm so thrilled that you did because you have been so kind and lovely. And um, we've been interacting online together. And I'm so happy that we've finally been able to sit down and chat about what you do. Um, Because I have been often posting about motherhood and health and redefining um you know mental health and food and and all of the things that come wrapped in kind of the the toxic bubble of diet culture <laughs> and you have been interacting with so many of the things that I've posted and um I know you yourself uh, are a holistic health coach and so I really in this conversation I wanted to talk to you about your journey to becoming a holistic health coach and then what you're learning along the way. And, and, you know, I just wanted to have a conversation with you about your specific audience, because I think it's really neat. And, um, in doing research about you and your role, um, you primarily work with women over 40, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so how did you get into this field? How did you start? How did you even find interest in this? I would love to know more about that. All right. Well, um, yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to be here today and to to share my story and share my passion. Uh, It feels really great to have an opportunity to connect with you too. So thank you. Um, So let's see, uh, going back to the beginning, I I feel like my story in terms of health and wellness and body image and all of that kind of stuff started um, probably when I was in high school. I was an athlete. I was a gymnast and a cheerleader and played tennis and did all kinds of other like academic kind of school activities. Very busy uh, in high school and um, during the time. I feel like uh, there was probably some of that in the gymnastics space, but probably more from the cheerleader space because we had a co-ed squad um, and we did stunts. So there was lifting involved. And so I think that is where I heard a lot of, I I wasn't having experience, but other people in my squad were having this like, oh, I'm fat or I need to lose weight kind of um, narrative going on. And I never identified with that because I was always very, thin and athletically built and I was so busy and doing so many sports and stuff just so happens that what I was into and what I loved happened to just be exercise so I never had to think about exercising and then I had an opportunity to teach cheerleading camps uh, the summer after I um, graduated from high school 
And basically the way the company was structured, we went to a training camp, they gave us a van, a map and a schedule and like sent us off, which was like, I think about this now we were like, you know, I would think I was 17. Wow. <laughs> that was, is like, intense. Around with other, like, you know, anywhere from 17 to, you know, maybe 22, 23 year olds. Oh, like wow. we're just kids. And they, they trusted us with a van and a bag of money and like, sent us off. Oh my God. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, so yeah, but during the course of that, of course, you know, what college kids do, we drank and we ate, basically ate fat, either fast food or dorm cafeteria food from a, a college because we had, our camps were held on college campuses. So that was, you know, I went from having my mom cook healthy food for me to, you know, fast food and cafeteria food. Um, and I'm sure whatever alcohol consumption it was whatever party sure. drinking, I mean, we're not helping that either um and so I put on some weight that summer which was odd given the fact that I was actively like you know teaching camps and so um I had decided that um I had been involved with so many other activities uh, in high school that I wanted to focus on dance because a lot of the, the uh, I forgot to mention I danced also and so a lot of the activities that I wanted to do for dance, like being the nutcracker and things like that. Um, I couldn't do because I was doing all these other things. So it's like, okay, I just want to focus on dance. But of course, after spending a summer doing cheer, I wanted and I hearing of my friends tell these stories about cheering a college squad. I was like, I totally want to do that. Well, I get to school and it turns out they have a weight limit to even try out for the cheerleading squad. Oh, that's horrible. And the weight limit was 118 pounds. Oh my gosh. And so after all of my debauchery over the summer, I was not anywhere near 180 pounds. And so I spent, you know, to talk about the freshman 15, I spent my freshman year trying to lose 15 pounds. And so, um, so I couldn't do the tryout in this, the, there was, at that time there was tryouts in the, uh, the fall and in the spring, couldn't do the fall one. I dieted and did all kinds of nonsense to myself to get down. I went to the tryout and before you could do one thing, like you handed your paperwork to a person and then you stepped on the scale. Like you couldn't do a jump. Wow. You couldn't tumble. You didn't do anything else. The very first thing requirement was the weigh-in. That's so that's traumatic. It varies. So, so stood on the scale. Um, I weighed 119 pounds and I got sent home. I was not no. able to try out. I was a pound over the weight limit. So then um, I, at that point, I was like, you know what? I had been dancing that whole year and we actually got accepted into this international dance festival. And so I was like, screw cheerleading. I'm going to France because we the, the trip. The, the, <laughs> That's the, the best festival line was in ever. Screw and I was cheerleading, like, I'm going to France. France. So I just, I didn't, I didn't even try it or anything that next year. Um, and you know, went to France and it was in the spring. It was, it was fabulous. And then I was like, okay, I think I still want to give this a shot again. Um, I tried out that time. I actually made made the way in that time, tried out, didn't make it that time. But then I still was like, I really still want to do this. I want to give it a shot. And like, I was like, the, the woman told me I was like one slot away from like making it, which it was a whole other drama with that too. Anyway, so I tried out in the fall, made it. Thought I was like, hey, great, this is over. No, they weighed us <laughs> on the squad. We still had to adhere to the weight limit. And I remember like the first few weeks, like they weighed us every single day of practice. And we had practice, I think pretty much every day leading up to like that first game. And they had a rule that if you weighed in any time during that week before a game, if you weighed over the limit twice, you were benched for the game. 
What? So I thought like, oh, I'm on the squad now. Like this is kind of over. No, like it's, I still was like, you know, obsessively, you know, dieting and watching what it's eating. And the course of that time, I'm going to date myself. This is when the fat free food craze was going on. So right. everything was fat free and the snack wells. I mean, you remember, you remember snack wells? Um, we ate a lot of yeah. snack wells. And like, I remember like sitting in class and thinking like, okay, when I get back to my room, I'm going to have like half a can of tuna fish and I'm going to give myself like five crackers, like, like, you know, like counting up how many crackers I was going to allow myself to eat. And I was eating diet things and drinking diet teas and I mean, just all kinds of cuckoo cuckoo. Wow. Um, and so my senior year, I made the squad again. And by that point, the school started kind of cracking down. I think there was some, they were, they were finally acknowledging the issues amongst women's athletics and they told the coach, like, you can't have his weight limit anymore. So um, you can. I mean, I'm what... sure parents were complaining hearing from Not their children. No, really. <laughs> no, wow. I mean, it's one of those. And it's this is not my my story is not odd in terms of like college cheerleading, like wow. um, especially when you had like, you know, males in charge of because they like wanted you to look a certain way in your uniform or, you know, like misogyny right. and all that stuff. And so unfortunately, those woman who was in charge was also per, kind of perpetuating that because there were yeah. no requirements for the men who were cheerleaders like there were no weightlifting really no no it was all she in her mind you had to be small and like short and weigh under 118 pounds in order to be a good stunter which was like entirely not true right (laughs) Like, like so not true so that was that was the paradigm that she was operating under she also thought if you ran all the time then you would be skinny and so she would make us like she like we'd have these dates where we were supposed to get together and like run it was crazy <laughs> it was, wow like, crazy. this is just like a pathway to disordered yes things. yes and like i remember like talking to a girl one time and she was just like i don't eat the whole day before a game she's like the thought of putting on that uniform i like i like can't even eat and i was like oh <laughs> that's very interesting so um Anyway, so the next, the last year, they kind of did away with the weight limit, but she had like a weight range. So it really wasn't like, but it was only like a two pound below. You you couldn't go two pound over or like two pound below. So it was slightly, and then I think they took um, your body composition into account also. And I remember, I'll never forget walking behind the coach after we had come out, like they stuck us in like this dump tank and like, it was this crazy thing. Take our body fat. And she was like, our coach, I remember hearing her saying to someone, she was so shocked at the results. And like, she's like, like, Mistra, like, I couldn't believe like, like how, like her, you know, not her body fat number or whatever was like, was so much lower than, you know, than this other person. Like this other little girl was like tiny and like skinny. Like she looked, she was like, you know, short. And she was surprised how much difference it was between that girl because she was looking at that girl and putting a certain expectation on that. And then yeah. she was surprised at mine, but it's like, I got been an athlete for, I don't know how many years I was a competitive gymnast. Like I was just like muscle and bone, you know? So, yeah. Um, and when you step on a scale a regular scale, it does not take any of those things into account. It's just a number, which is why I encourage my clients not to use regular scales. <laughs> right. <laughs> if right. you've been using scales at all, if, if, you know, if there's some reason why we're you know tracking that for a person, um, right. To use the one that lets you know your body fat percentage, your muscle mass, your water, and like all that. So because all of the information is feedback to what changes you're making. So 
Right. Um, so yeah, so fast forward out of that, I somehow came out of that relatively unscathed. Um, wow. I, when, I know, right? Can you believe it? That's I mean, they're, unbelievable. Those little, those little voices are still, you know, I've even noticed even in my adult life coming up a little, especially after having kids and like your body yeah. starts to change. Um, but I think relatively unscathed, given the pathway I could have taken out of that. 100%. Um, and so then I went on to um, start dancing professionally and I fell into this amazing modern dance company with the most amazing people and like, you know, went from, oh, how you look and how much you weigh is so important to zero Fs about how you, you know, what you look like and how much you weigh. And, and then these were people who were kind of like herbal gerbil people and they took supplements and they got massages. And like, I remember one of the dancers got pregnant at one point and she was using a midwife. And I was just like, what is this new world? Like, what is this? I love that you um, said herbal gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so like that kind of opened, started to open up a new way of thinking and being for me when I started hanging out with the people who, you know, dancers have had to kind of learn how to almost like live off grid in essence, especially with health insurance. Um, maybe companies may be different now, but I know at that time, well, we were in a very small company, so we were, it was part-time. So there was certainly like no health insurance involved. Um, but you still had to keep yourself healthy. And if you got sick, you had to figure out how to get yourself well, if you injured yourself, um, without going to the doctor and hospital and spending a lot of money. So I was starting to learn that there were other ways of doing things beyond the kind of Western medical model. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I remember one day also looking back like at my bookshelf one, this was like years later and noticing these books that I had that I've been, that I've had for years and years. And I was thinking about the time frame when I started collecting those things and it was right around that time where I was dancing in that company. I realized like, wow, like I had kind of been on this path, like all of these things were kind of leading me in this direction. And even I was naturally gravitating to like books about vegetables or books about Ayurveda or books, you know, just random like health and wellness books, but not even like thinking like, oh, this is starting to become a pattern. It wasn't, you know, you look back yeah. and you're like, oh, I was doing that a long time ago. So um, so that's, that was probably around the time where I, I started opening, my eyes were open to the holistic and, um, you know, wellness kind of space. And then fast forward a few more years and I ended up working. Um, I decided I was in working in corporate America and decided that that was not for me. Wow. <laughs> um, I had to get out of there um, and save myself. And, you know, speaking about the whole women thing and the mom thing, that that, that was a part of it for me was watching how the other women in the office we're managing in that environment. And so, and and tell you two different um, perspectives. One was from the woman who was a receptionist. And I remember her telling me, like, I, I remember I worked late one day and she was like, I went to leave and she was like still sitting at the desk. And it was like, I don't know, six o'clock or something, seven, six thirty. And I was like, why are you still here? And she's like, oh, my daughter was sick this week and I have to make up the time. Like she wasn't oh doing anything. God. She was just sitting at the desk. Yeah. Literally and not. I was there like, was no reason. No. And I was like, oh, is that what we have to do? Like if our kids get sick, like we got to make up. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, what? What weird lessons we we are learning along the way. What harmful yes. lessons. Yeah. Yep. So from the receptionist and then we had, it was the, an accounting firm that I worked for at that time. One of the partners in the firm was an attorney and she was a partner in the firm. And 
I, I had an opportunity to work closely with her for a while and she was having the same kind of issues of, you know, not being heard, not being respected. Um, I remember her telling me that when her kids were little, like she, like, it was like a blur. Like, she's like, I remember coming home from like working long, you know, a 12 hour day and like, like just ducking them in the water and, you know, throwing their clothes on, like putting them in bed. She was like, it was just like a blur. And I thought, yeah, well, that's not what I want. Like this woman is like an accomplished person. Like she was an attorney. She was a partner in this accounting firm. Um, and then at some point I, I feel like it was probably around the time I was leaving. I think she was like suing them because they were, they had been discriminating against her in the workplace. So I thought, okay, this is not the environment that I think that I can thrive. And then also just from my own experience of being overlooked for things, you know, asking for raises or, you know, getting more responsibility and not ever getting paid any more money. And, you know, at one point I remember I kind of like created this whole job. I saw, I saw a need that needed to be filled within the organization. I, you yeah. know, I did this research and created this whole, um, you know, proposal and everything. And it was just like, you know, oh no, sorry, we're not going to do that. And, I just thought like, this is not an environment that I really feel like I can, I can thrive in. And when it gets, comes time for me to have a family, it's going just to make my life like not happy. And so yeah. I created my exit strategy at that point um, because I had in the background been thinking about health and wellness and my dance background and my athletic background and my, my story in terms of the food struggles that I had. And I thought, okay, I think this is really where the space I need to be in. Mm. And so left that job and ended up working for a chiropractor. And that was when I really started to understand how amazing the body is. And if you give it what it needs, give it space and time and just leave it alone, it will heal itself and it will do the most amazing things. And so, and yeah. I was so inspired by the concept of that. And so um, that was when I decided that I was ready to kind of pursue a career in health and wellness space and nutrition made the most sense to me because of the food struggles and issues that I'd had before. Um, I attended Institute for Integrated Nutrition and became a holistic health coach. And um, yeah, so started, that's, that's, that's my pathway to, to being a health coach. Wow. I think this is so fascinating because I, really admire your mental toughness when it came to your journey in college. Like it makes sense that you never had to think about your weight or you never had to think about anything because you were athletic. And it's, it's so great that that didn't permeate like what others were saying didn't permeate. What I think is so, I, I'm just, so impressed that you also had the ability to move past all of that really, really damaging stuff in college and that damaging messaging that you were getting while you were a cheerleader. Um, because I'm thinking about all of the other people on that team and how maybe they weren't doing well because of all of this. Obviously, I don't know anyone on that team, but I can only imagine that there were some people who didn't come out of it as well as you did. Um, and it's, I, I also think you're quite an observer from 
the the ways that you've described your journey in in that you were observing other people around you on this cheerleading squad you were observing the way your coach was and then you're observing in a full-time role how people were you know with with uh, mothers and children and and like work being a working mother and i think it's fascinating to to hear from your perspective about how you took mental notes as you were going along um when you decided to make a change into, you know, the health and wellness space and being a holistic coach, what was something that you immediately had to do in order to start your business and get yourself out there in a, in the way that you wanted to? Because you were observing mm-hmm. a lot, but when you started to take action towards something new, what did you have to do in order to really like learn and put yourself out there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to hold that thought and answer the question in a second, because as you were talking, you were talking about my mental toughness, this may, may play into also the answer to your question. Sure. What came up for me at that time was how important it is to have a tribe of people around you that are really genuine and they, they love you and believe in you and have your best interests at heart. Because when I was experiencing what I was going through at school, like when I talked about teaching the cheerleading camps, like I did that all throughout college and that community of people was what helped me get through that and helped Mm -hmm. me keep my head on straight because I would go from, Oh, you are, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You need to keep dieting. You're not small enough, whatever to, Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful you're the most beautiful, like people, they would tell me like, you're the most beautiful stunter. Cause I had this like crazy long legs and they were like, Oh my gosh, I mean, you're stretchable. It's so beautiful. And like, you know, and no one ever had a problem stunning with me in that environment. And like, you know, these are my friends and you know, I, I didn't have my, my dance talent. So they recognized that I was a great dancer and like, um, you know, this organization taught us how to teach people. And so they recognized that I took to that and I learned how to teach and then I ended up being, yeah a camp director. And so like being in that environment of people who saw me for me and, and I was enough and they, they help. And, and they would say things like, I can't believe they're treating you like that at your school. Like come, come to my school. Like we we were allowed to have you on the spot. Like, so having those people to, to bolster me and help remind me that this over here really is crazy. Like you're not the crazy one. Yeah. (laughs) this over here is cuckoo cuckoo like don't slip into don't don't start believing the crazy you yeah we got you over here and so that so having those those people in your life to help you stay in that mindset is was critical and I, I think that was the difference maker for me of how I came through that experience relatively unscathed um, yeah. I think it would have been totally different had I not been leaving that environment and spending the summers with these amazing people who you know, loved me and had my best interests at heart. So, right. Um, that's so, that's so, I, so good to know. And I would so probably parlay that into, um, from a business standpoint, <laughs> um, that's something that I am, you know, even still learning now, um, it's important to have those resources in place and someone that you can, um, who can mentor you or, you know, someone who has had the experience, um, people who, cause, you know, I'm a solopreneur, so this is my desk right here. And sometimes you sit here and like, you start thinking crazy things. Like I can't do this. Or who am I to be a health coach? Or (laughs) like, I don't know nothing about the body. What am I doing? And so, um, 
yeah, so having those people around you is really important. It took me a long time to realize that though. Um, I think when I very first started out, I was, I was very optimistic. You know this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you kind of are a very positive very person. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm also a Virgo and I'm a very linear thinker. So it's like, oh, well, if I have this and this, you know, one plus one equals two. Like I have all of these things. Then of course I'll be successful. Uh, you know, of course I'll get clients, of course, you know. And so the road to, you know, any kind of success in any, I think any way you imagine success for yourself is not linear. Um, just like healing, as I'm finding out with, um, I've spoken to you before about, I've injured my foot. Um, and so I am, you know, have said a long time, I understand the concept, oh, healing is not linear. It's, I'm really like, I'm embodied. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it is not linear. And so the road to success, I say, is the same. So, um, yeah, just first starting out. So my nutrition school actually is really great because they recognized, um, at some point before I became a student that, um, learning the nutrition and wellness stuff wasn't enough that, um, the man who created IIN is Joshua Rosenthal. And he said that, you know, I was graduating all these students and then they turned around and they, you know, a year later, they weren't doing anything with the information that they, um, in the, in the, the education that they received because they were getting bogged down in how do I design a business card or how do I make a website or how to make a brochure or how do I market myself or, you know, so like in his attempt to help us be successful and take our passion and understanding out into the world and help people, there are now two sides of the program where you're learning the health and wellness stuff and you're also learning how to build and create and grow and run a business. So I did have those resources coming out. So it wasn't like I had to completely try to figure out what to do. Um, yeah. I had, like I said before, like had the mentors and I had, like I had them to go to, or I had, um, you know, people that I connected with in nutrition school to go to and, um, you know, it it really just comes with about community, which is something that's like super important to me now. This at this stage of my journey, um, it was it's, it was important then too. Just having the having those people around you who can help you along the way. You can help each other. Uh, I think is yeah. probably the, one of the most important pieces. Um, to you know, speaking from a strictly business standpoint, I think that's probably one of the most important things. Yeah, I really love that. So, you have started to roll into specializing your work, and or you have been for a while, um, into working with women and moms who are over a specific age, over forty, I believe you specify, um, and. You know, you talk about community and building community on the back end and then, but you're also building community on the front end with others through your work. So what led you to narrow down the audience that you're really speaking to and working with? I'm sure you work with a broad variety of folks, but what led you to that decision in particular? Mm -hmm. It was going through the gauntlet myself. <laughs> and yeah, I figured. From that, um, it was like, okay, I know I'm not the only one out here struggling. Let me help some of these other people. We can help each other. So, um, I mean, I am my target market, and I figured, well, I I know my target. I know my target market because I am my target market. Um, right. It, it was having two kids, and 
having to figure that out and figure out um, how to take care of myself when, you know, trying to keep these humans alive. Um, and I just had this moment one day where I thought, gosh, like if, if taking care of myself and giving myself the best self-care I can was my only job, and that was my first priority and like the only thing I had to worry about, what would that look like? How, what time would I get up in the morning? What would I do first? What would I, you know, would I do have massages? Would I go get my nails done? Like what, you know, where would I travel? Would I still live here? Like, you know, so I, I really just kind of started exploring this idea of, you know, what, what is the pie in the sky? What am I, what am I aiming for? And trying to figure out what, what is actually the gap? Cause, you know, sometimes you think like, oh my gosh, my life is, oh, my, my life is falling apart or it's not what I want it to be. And then you really start to think about what is actually happening in your life and you realize like, oh, it's really not that bad. Or or the things that I thought I didn't have, like I just wasn't recognizing them. Like right. those things really are there. It's just, I just wasn't paying attention. So it can shift your perspective. And so I wanted yeah. to see, am I really living the life I want? I'm just not realizing it or are there gaps? And so that kind of started me on that journey of saying, okay, this is what I'm trying to create for myself and making sure that my needs are being met. And and then once I kind of figured out what are those things and what are the gaps, then it's like, okay, let's put a plan in place and to fill the gaps and to make sure that I am practicing self-care and 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 making sure that those self-care activities actually work for me too so it was like starting on a, a journey in a new way being a mom than it was you know it's easy when you don't have kids or you're single i mean i shouldn't say some people it doesn't feel like it's easy but it is, it is easier it's different it's, it's a different a, life different yeah different, different life so um so yeah so then um so the other kind of in addition to the health coaching, another kind of pillar of my practice now is uh, helping women with um, mobility and getting out of chronic pain, making sure that you are wow. remaining mobile throughout your, 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 as you, as you age throughout your life. And I came to that also because I went through the gauntlet with that. Um, when my second daughter was born, um, I had been taking this fitness class called Pound Fitness, which is amazing. It's this really cool mashup of music, movement, and drumming. And um, my gosh, really that sounds like really, so much fun. It is so much fun. And like, <laughs> it's like, and because like, it, like the music, it's like really great music and high energy. And like you're getting into the music and, and the, the, you use these um, simulated drumsticks and they're called ripsticks. And, and the, the, I think, I think that's a special sauce because you're, you're not just like kind of moving to the music. You're all kind of becoming the music because you are creating the rhythm, hitting the oh, wow. sticks on the floor, you're hitting them in the air. And it, it like, I think it connects with whatever primalness of us that we have of rhythm. And I think because like our heartbeat, like people always tell me like, oh, I can't do pound because I don't have any rhythm. And it's like, well, unless you're a zombie, you have a heartbeat. <laughs> Everybody oh, I love has that perspective. Have yeah. a heartbeat, right. So I think it's, I think it taps into that feeling of the rhythm of that, but, um, you know, and then you're just, you're, it's having a good time. Like you, you know, you may think like, oh my gosh, we were going to pound forever. And then like, oh, it's over. And the song's over. Like, oh my God, I feel amazing. So um, it's really powerful. <laughs> it's really great for stress relief. My friend used to tell me he was keeping her out of jail, coming in there and hitting the two break ripsticks. It was, it was fabulous. Um, That's so anyway, so I was take, taking this amazing class and um, the person who I was taking from was like, oh, you should like get 
certified to teach. And I was like, no, I just want to be the student. I don't want to be the leader person. I'm just coming in here for myself, for my self-care to take class. But, you know, she kind of kept on me and she, um, I think she gave my name to the pound people. I turned my email in like as a referral. And so I was getting these emails to, um, to get certified. And then, you know, my, my, then I got pregnant. I was like, I'm not doing it now. So after my daughter was born, I was starting to get into that space where I felt like, you know, coming out of that like fourth trimester. And I was like, I need to like move my body and like get out from under this baby for like a minute. And so I thought, well, pound might be something that I could do. And then they started sending emails for the next training in Chicago. And I was like, you just had a baby. What are you doing? Like, you can't train. What are you doing? So the next email came and it was like, well, it's only like a day. You can manage a day. And then next one is like, well, you're not even like working. You're in your maternity leave. How are you, why are you going to spend money on a training? You're not even like work and you're not going to teach this. So why are you even like, so, so every time an email came, a new objection kind of like resolved itself. And after the third or fourth time of that, I kind of thought, I think the universe is trying to (laughs) tell me something. I need to listen to this. Right. There's only uh, so many times that you can push off something that you actually really do want to do. Yes, absolutely. So I did the training and, um, I decided I was going to set up like three or four classes, like right after I got trained to like, and I just invited like close, you know, clients and, and friends just to come and, you know, charge like 10 bucks each or something. I really just wanted to recoup whatever I spent on the training. Cause I thought if I just set this on the shelf and I never do anything with it, I'm not out anything. And so by the last class, everyone was like, okay, what are we doing? What's the schedule? What are we doing this? And I was like, I'm not teaching this. Like, <laughs> I told you in the beginning, this was just like, I'm just doing this kind of for fun. They were like, oh, no, this is amazing. Like, we have to keep doing this. And so that was how I ended up teaching pounds because they like almost like bullied me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They didn't bully me. They're like, they were just like, I'm like, you just naturally, we can't stop. So yeah, naturally um, talented at it. So in my postpartum body, I started teaching this fitness class. And now, now, now I understand what, like the mechanics of what happened at the time. I didn't really understand, but like maybe like a, a year, six, eight months after that, I started getting these random pains. And it was like, every time I'd add a new track, a different, a different movement pattern or track, and I would have a random pain. And so it became this joke between me and my chiropractor. I come in, I'd be like, now this is hurting today. And she'd be like, show me the new track. <laughs> so I would show her whatever the movement pattern is. And she'd be like, okay, yeah, I got you. I understand what's, I can see what you're doing. Come on, lay down, let's fix this. And so that went on for a while until I, I kept having this knee pain that, you know, we were trying to figure the movement pattern, which she'd adjust me. And it just kept coming back and coming back. It was never resolving. And it's, sometimes it seemed like it was healing, but then it always came back. And so that went on probably a good like eight months or so. And so she finds she was one day she was like, you know what, let's try some foam rolling. And uh, she said, maybe your your um, muscles and your legs are just really tight. Let's try foam rolling. So got a foam roller and I was rolling on it and I was like, well, you know, this feels good. And so I thought, well, <laughs> I'm sure some of my clients, especially after we've taken class, may benefit from doing this. This might help them. And so my efficient Virgo mind was like, well. I'm sure someone's figured out how to teach this already. So I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Let me find a, a course so I can go and learn how to teach foam rolling. And in my research in doing that, I came across this book called The Melt Method. And like, I read the description and it was one of those like tr- life-changing moments, right? Like, it was probably like really? you know, sparkles and rainbows or something. Because <laughs> I immediately, as soon as I read the, the, the choir singing in the background. Yes, the choir <laughs> singing, yes, the angels singing. Um, and so um, I, um, when I was reading the description and it was talking about connective tissue, 
uh, and it sounded really important. And it was talking about looking at the body as a whole. And I was like, well, that's my jam. Like I'm a holistic health coach. Like that's my jam. So it's like, what is this? And then as I started to kind of delve into it more and learn and hearing this about the connective tissue and how important it is. And I was like, this, I, I've never heard of this. Like by this point I had been, you know, you know, health coach almost 10 years. And I was like, I went to school to learn about the body. I paid a lot of money to go to nutrition school and like never heard of this. Like, why have I never heard of this? You have taken continuing education classes, never heard of connective tissue. So at that point I was like intrigued and I needed to know more. And so I got the book and um, started, you know, learning more about the system in the body, how important it is. It's connected to every system in your body. It's all relying on the health of this tissue every every system in your body is relying on the health of your connective tissue to do its job and i was like oh my god it's amazing and so um i started trying to practice some of the stuff and um i actually ended up doing a session with someone because i was trying to like i think i downloaded on my phone so i was like laying on the floor and like looking at my phone and trying to do the thing and i was like this isn't working like i need to like have a person just kind of guide me through it so um i did a private session with someone and got the tools and I started um, like the little kits, like your little melt kit. I started with this kit and I um, started melting my hands and feet. And within a month, my knee pain went away. Wow, this is so interesting. Yeah. You're such a learner. It sounds like you really want to absorb a lot of information and then put it into action. Totally. Um, and it sounds like you really enjoy taking that information and giving that to others and wanting to help others. 100%. So when working with your clients now on these different, all of these different things that you've learned, um, what do you want people to know in, you know, now that you're working in mobility and, you know, health coaching, like as people are navigating these things that can be really tough and like very personal. What do you want people to know as they're navigating this world? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest offering that I have to give, and I feel like the, the tools that I'm pulling together and like the melts and like um, the coach piece and giving the support. And, you know, in my community, we do meditation and we, we do pound what really the fundamental thing is that I want people to learn how to not even learn how to do. I want them to remember how to do is how to get in here and listen. We are so disconnected from our bodies. Yeah. Um, our culture doesn't want that because that's our power place. That's where we have complete sovereignty and autonomy and all of our power is, is like we, we get to live in the most amazing vessels like if you stop to think about all of the little things that your body is constantly doing like even there's one of the um the melt moves that we do on our the, the, my rollers here we, it's like um that's where why foam rolling was why i found this because we use rollers yeah. um what you're laying on the roller and you're doing is something called a single leg lift is where you're um you just like barely decompress one foot from the floor at a time and before you even go to move your foot the moment you think like if i cue you okay decompress your right foot from the floor the moment you hear that cue and you think i'm about to move my foot your body is already doing things it's already communicating right. it's saying okay she needs to stabilize here i need to send this signal through here she needs to stabilize 
this right hip and press into the left foot. Like it's already, you don't even know it's happening. Your body right. is already making these micro adjustments before you even begin to lift your foot. Like it's amazing. And, yeah. and it's doing all of those little mini micro things, like, like a million of those things a day for us. Think about your heart. Like your heart is like from the moment your body makes a heart in utero, from the time you take your last breath, your heart is beating the entire time. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I feel like that power has kind of been hidden from us. And we are encouraged to be disconnected from the power mm -hmm. of that. And so that is something that's super, super important to me when I work with people is helping them to remember the connection that we have with our bodies, with our minds and our spirits and all of the beautiful things and wonderful things we can do when we are connected and we can stop and listen because our bodies are always telling us what it needs. Yeah. If we just don't listen. And then, and then sometimes we hear it, but then we're like, well, I don't, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So then helping, helping my clients to understand what type of health tools they may need, what kind of information they may need, what belief system they may need to shift to so that they can have and live the way they want to. Oh, that's really gorgeous. And I, I love what you said about our hearts because it's so true and we take it for granted and we don't often think about it as much as we, you know, should. And so I think that like moment of, uh, you know, awareness in our body has been lost. And we're often told that our bodies need to be different or changed or improved. And I love your message of your body has everything it needs. And, and I think if people want to change their bodies, that's great. Like do what you want to do in a, in a way that's healthy and best for you. Um, but the messaging is always, you could do more or, you can change this, but I love your message of let's take a moment and tap into what is going on in your body and just feel and like understand what that feels like. Um, holy moly, our hour has flown by together. As my last question for you, I I would love to know through your practice, I know you just talked about what you want people to know. But in your evolution, in your business, what are you hoping to do um, over, you know, the, this next period of time with your, with your business and, and what you want in your life? Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing that I would love to, to the, the legacy I would love to leave is the sense of community. And just as we have been encouraged to cut ourselves off from our bodies and particularly from like a health standpoint, it's like, Oh, don't, don't worry about what's happening, what you're feeling in there. Like, you know, you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll handle that. Or I'll give you the medicine or I'll do the surgery or whatever. Like don't, you don't really know. I know just the same as that. I feel like we have been encouraged to cut ourselves off from each other um, in a way that's not been very helpful for us, at least <clears throat> in our American culture. I know, I know there's other, peoples of the world who are not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're yeah. like so much better off than us at this point. But um, but really bringing back um, this idea of community and 
understanding that we energetically are all one space of energy and we are just different manifestations of the same energy and and we because of that we affect each other like what's happening in the decisions mm-hmm. and choices that i make here on some way ripples out and affects someone in australia right so um <clears throat> i know there's this organization it's called heart math and they've done these studies about people meditating or you know closing their eyes and thinking of their loved one and and like the loved one is in the other room and they can measure what's happening with heart rate and brain signals and it's effect affects the person in the next room wow and the thought of that is just so powerful i like the idea that we are all connected is to me is it's it strengthens us and it makes us better and i want us to really just fundamentally embrace that and come into a community together around whatever that is. So for me, it's health and wellness. It's um, supporting, um, you know, 40 plus moms and helping them take care of themselves as well, as well as they take care of their families mm. and helping give them, you know, offer tools and options for them and really helping them to lay a foundation for self-care, self-care practice that, that really nurtures them. And, yeah. and doing that in a space of community and not like my friend talks about this expression of being out on a scary island by yourself. There's no need for us to feel like we're on scary island by, by ourselves because we're all connected. <laughs> so like, how do we, how do we um, intentionally nourish those connections that we have with each other and help support each other um, through life? So that's probably the biggest thing that I'm focused on with my business. So being able to create this, amazing strong community of moms and you know 40 plus moms and now you know the next phase for us ladies <laughs> yeah Menopause. yay um so that's yeah. some of the like pelvic health is something that i'm um creating some programming around right now um perimenopause actually melt just uh, released a perimenopause map yesterday and i was making a note like okay i need to go in there and um, learn that one and put that into the rotation because I really feel like um, that's another space where we have been intentionally cut off from our power as women is yeah. the idea of how we transform through our lifetimes and the strength that that brings. We unfortunately have only been valued for our our youth and the naivety that youth brings and our ability to reproduce and then once because that has been our main purpose once those times are over then you have no value and that's why you know ageism is a problem especially for women you know once you hit menopause and you aren't able to procreate anymore and now you're worthless yet that is when we shine that's when we come into our full like i remember seeing something on instagram someone posted they were reading on some type of it was a book, I think it was like a Native American kind of um, philosophy, but they were saying that like, you are not actually fully an adult until you go through menopause. Like that is when you you arrive as a woman, you are actually an adult then. Oh, not when you turn so 21, beautiful. it's when you have gone through the entire cycle and you've become, you know, it's like that mother maiden. And there's Ooh, like yes, a yes, mag- yes, MAGA, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. MAGA and then the crone when you become the the MAGA is when you really fully come into your, your, yourself and your, and your wholeness. 
And so that's something that I really want to explore going forward and helping support women and changing the paradigm and how we think about that and take our power back um, from that so that we can then, as our whole lives go through, we don't dread getting older. We look forward to it. I mean, imagine yeah. like you talking, you see women and they get to be older and they're like, I have zero Fs and <laughs> I don't care like what you think about me. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Like, yeah. you see like that all the time. And you're like, oh, if I had that, I can't wait to have that. I mean, I get to be a certain age and I like, and I can not, no longer care about those trivial things that dominated my life before we, I think we look up to that, but it's just not um, encouraged. And I, I want to be out there kind of encouraging that changing the mindset around um you know aging and women's health and yeah all that stuff we have so much stuff going on in here and i just want us to tap into it and use it and you know save the planet definitely i mean <laughs> i'm in my mid 30s and i i definitely want to learn more about what happens and i i actually recently watched a video where somebody said it you know if we went through puberty and didn't know anything about it and and we weren't talking about it we would be so overwhelmed and we would you know be so lonely and scared about what was going on in our bodies but that's exactly what happens with women in menopause right now and the conversation mm -hmm. around menopause we don't talk about it and we don't talk about it as much because like you were saying, our value is um, in in our youth and our women are valued for their youth. Men age like fine wine, but women are old hags. Yes. And it's it's tiresome. <laughs> and yes. it's it's very exhausting to have what happens in our bodies be minimized over and over and over again. Yes. So and even in that postpartum period. Yes, 100%. Like so many 100%. changes. <laughs> so yes, many changes. and and nobody <laughs> and talks do, about no talks all about of it. them. Yeah, and so I I really appreciate your messaging and I I really appreciate you coming on the show to chat with me and and share your journey and what you've learned and how you're trying to help others and and foster community in these conversations. It was just so wonderful to get to know more about you and your story and I'm really looking forward to remaining connected and like maybe we can chat again sometime. I think it would be wonderful and and um where can people find you if they would love to work with you and connect with you? You can check out my community space. It's community.nutresults.com. There is a free area that you can join and get to know the other women who are in the community. We do some light coaching through um, kind of question prompting and um, I do a newsletter there. And then there are other spaces within the network that you can dive into when you're ready to say like, I'm ready to learn the melt or I'm ready to do pound or I'm ready to have a little coaching or do a, a program. Like I'm, like I said, I have a pelvic health space in there now. I'm working on that. So when you're ready to start kind of doing the work and um, kind of taking your self-care practice to another level, then there's, there's spaces for that too. So we'd love to, Beautiful. love to have you come and join us there. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Mishra. I really appreciate, appreciate your time and um, everything that you're doing and the conversations that you're having with others and the space you're holding for others. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
And if you're listening to this episode of the show, please never forget that your voice matters and your story matters. And I will see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.